0: You're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church in Indianapolis. I'm your host, Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Joey.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Joey, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Doesn't it feel good?
1: Feels good to be back.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, Joey, you're back this time as a friend, also, okay, like Jeff. When we recorded Jeff's episode last week, I asked him to share things with us, um, not from the perspective of of a pastor, but just somebody, a friend, someone in our congregation, um, having conversation with you and asking how you're doing. So cool. we're going to have that conversation with you today, and then I will have you um, switch gears, and you're going to just talk to our listeners a little bit about the difficult decisions that the church had to make under a limited amount of time, and um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the mission of our church in this time. Sounds fun so uh joey how are you doing
1: oh man you remember that cat poster where the cats like just hang in there hanging yes. in there yes no yeah hang it in um what was that? i heard somebody say today like if uh if thriving is way up here and surviving is way down here like well I I'm definitely somewhere in the middle like i don't feel like i'm at the bottom or like we're just barely hanging on or just barely getting through but i don't think i've figured out how to thrive under quarantine. Yet I'm not sure that's possible. I'm not sure we're designed to thrive under like human beings are designed by God to thrive under circumstances like this, at least not in 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 a fully human way. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're doing all right.
0: Okay. And how's your family? How are Jenna and Anna doing?
1: Well, Anna's, uh, of course, missing her friends and um, not understanding quite so much about why she can't see her friends and things like that. Um, And uh, Jenna, every once in a while, just kind of out of the blue goes, man, quarantine's the worst. Uh, She's also missing her friends and (laughs) missing the chance to have people over go to people's houses and just hang out and spend time with people. So, Mm -hmm. Um, And I am a poor substitute for all of their friends but uh yeah it's it's been uh it's been a lot of emotional ups and downs uh i think as as probably everyone's experienced and as you would expect um but it's sort of like a uh i don't know a, a rocking boat that is still rocking but not quite as violently as at first
0: do you feel like you've been able to even just take some time to process everything that's been going on because you've been um working so many hours leading our church, um, you know, along with the other leadership in our church, that you've been able to just take a step back and go, whoa, what does this mean for me and my family?
1: Mm, I don't think I've done that as much as I should. Um, some and Jen and I have had some good conversations about like, okay, what do we want to get out of this time? And what do we want Anna to get out of this time? And how do we want to be closer as a family because of all this extra closeness time? But it's one thing that, you know, have that conversation. It's another thing to actually do what you want to do when it's in the middle of another day of distance learning and endless Zoom calls and, you know, kids crying in the background and stuff like that. So trying to do a, a pastoral counseling call over Zoom while Anna has questions about how to get her laptop working for school, mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a little weird. I've, I've gone down a rabbit hole and I forgot your original question.
0: Um, well, just have you been able to process what it means for you? Uh, like yes. You, you know I think that was a it. roundabout
1: way of saying uh, we're talking, but no, <laughs> it You're doesn't working. feel like it. Yeah, we're working through it still. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what's your new normal look like? Are you working from home and Jenna's at home. <sighs> what's going on?
1: Yeah, um, Jenna's at home, I'm at home. We have desks that face each other in our study. And uh, after about a week, she moved up to the spare bedroom. She's like, nope, I cannot work in the same room as somebody else making noise, not on my schedule. I'm like, you know what? Me neither. So one of us was going to move upstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, new normal is, you know, I've noticed that like all of our, I feel like we're all doing so much sort of, I don't know a better word for it than background processing, like we all have stuff going on in the back of our minds so much all the time right now that I feel like I need two more hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. Like I used to get up at six, go to bed at 10. Right. And it's, I'm getting up at eight or seven thirty and ready to go to bed at nine thirty just because it's like, I'm, I'm wiped out from what in the past would be a normal day. That wasn't so tiring, but now is like, Gosh, it, it feels like there's so many uncertainties that I'm juggling all the time that I think it's I think it's mentally and physically draining on all of us. So yeah. the new normal has been a little bit more sleep. Um, I wouldn't say more rest because it's still just you know to get through each day. It's not like extra extra sleep or rest. Yeah. Um, but we have really loved the the church leadership's decision to more or less require all of us staff to be off from Friday night to Sunday night. So it's like I, for the first time in a decade, I have a a job that doesn't require weekends mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. So um, that's been really good to have those two days in a row every week to focus on Jen and Anna and, doing stuff together around the house. But other than that, you know, our normal is we get up, we get, I I try to get up before everyone. So I have at least a little bit of alone time and then Hannah gets up and we get her started on school and she starts with yoga or something in the morning, some sort of physical activity and then school. And then um, she and I have been having fun recently. We've been going on, she calls them run rides. So I go run and she rides along with me on her bike and tries to keep up. And um, so that that's been a lot of fun and we're doing a lot more, uh reading together the two of us at night than we had in the past reading the lord of the rings together um other than and then jenna of course is she's got three jobs and she's working them all from home right now so three Mm -hmm. part-time jobs so um we've been sort of uh tag teaming on like all the domestic duties of cooking and cleaning and laundry and dishes and all of that stuff um she's uh She's got a way that she likes the house, which is awesome. I love it. And I'm, I'm doing a lot more of it now than mm-hmm. I was before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's helping keep us all sane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything that you think you love about quarantine in this uh, stay-at-home time? That, like, something that's developed out of this time that you would hope rolls back into normal once everything is back to normal?
1: You know it. it, Yes, I mean, there's some family stuff that I've loved Um, having dinner together almost every night. Um, Even having lunch together, like that we couldn't do before, Um, that's been pretty great. Getting to like being able to in the at three thirty in the afternoon. um, So Anna has an old iPhone that we've basically bricked and turned into an iPod, Mm -hmm. but she can still she can iMessage us as long as she's on our Wi-Fi at home. So I'll be working and I'll get a text message from her. It's like, do you want to watch an episode of Pokemon with me? I'm like, you know what? I can spare 23 minutes right now. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do that before if she's in school and I'm at work. That's been pretty great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about our church. And what yeah. do you think this time is teaching faith church, what our body of believers that we couldn't have learned otherwise
1: Yeah, I think we are learning that church is the people, even more than the building or the preachers or the sermons or the the religious goods and services that we dispense and the classes and the education and all of that. Like the church is the people and more and more people that I talk to now are getting starting to get emotional when they think about seeing everyone again and being with everyone again. And like, uh, I don't think we're gonna make it, I'm not gonna be able to make it through the first Sunday where that we're back together in some sense, you know, Mm -hmm. without losing it. Because it's like, this is my family that I haven't been able to see. And I think, you know, losing that has highlighted, and not just for Faith Church, I think every church is experiencing this to some extent. Like church is the people. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And when you can't be with your people, you feel, bereft, I guess. Somewhere in the, near the beginning of this, I, I read or heard someone say that uh, companionship is to the soul what oxygen is to the lungs. Like mm. the human soul cannot live without
0: mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. So um, our church and all churches really needed to make a lot of decisions I bet you made a hundred decisions in a day that you didn't realize, you know, Mm -hmm. um, of how we are going to function and how things are going to look differently Mm -hmm. within, you just made these decisions and our church leadership, um, you did it along with our church leadership in such a short amount of time. And we're seeing a lot of churches are doing different things, right? Mm -hmm. It's um, encouraging to see what other people in Indianapolis and around the world are doing to connect. Uh, oh yeah.
1: I, I saw a church recently just this weekend that is like hosting an in your home 5k fund run to raise money for healthcare workers in their community. I mean, it's like, that's, and there are just so many incredible yeah. ideas and things that people are doing out there. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. So, um, I want to ask you questions that I think other people would be curious to know the answer to about how you arrived at some of the decisions that you guys needed to make in, in that time. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk about whatever happened to lamentations. Why did we stop? (laughs) Will we ever come back to it? Um, And uh, yeah, what's going, what are we going to do with that going forward?
1: Gosh. Yeah. Lamentations more than once. I have had a discussion with God in the last couple of weeks where I'm like, don't you know what we were putting into that series and then to just cut it in the middle? Uh, like we, we were pouring our hearts out there. And then and I think really doing some good serious work as a church. And then, yeah. and then five days later, it's like, Hey, we're not meeting anymore. Um, yeah. So we paused lamentations for a couple of reasons, primary reasons. like that is a, uh, that is a sermon series designed to help people process past griefs and processing past griefs is different from living present crises, and living a present crises requires a different toolkit than lamentations or lament. Lament is definitely part of how we process current crises, but there's, there needs to be more of an emphasis on, we will get through this, here's how God will bring us through it, then, hey, let's talk to God about how bad it was. Mm-hmm. That that will come later. And I think it will be good when we get back to Lamentations to lament many of the things we've lost because of this quarantine.
0: So, you said um, we'll get back to it. When do you think?
1: The plan is to get back to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not until we're all back together again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And probably we need to give ourselves a little bit of time. To we want to of,
0: rejoice a little bit once we get back. Yes. To <laughs>
1: we should oh, right. not do Lamentations for the first Sunday that we're all back together. (laughs) Again, no, we are going to do something that's a little more, uh, rejoiceful. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, so then what about the discussion format of the sermons? Where did that come from and why, why did we change?
1: Yeah, we, it, it was an accident. So many of these decisions, by the way, were really just accidental in that they were The thing we decided to do for that week and we got enough good feedback or it felt like the right thing to do or it it sort of came from deeper theological uh, presuppositions that were like we should keep going with this direction Mm -hmm. discussion um because we were still in lamentations that very first week uh and jeff was preaching lamentations three and he was sharing some real personal stuff from his own life we're like it would be cruel to make him just emote to a camera by himself you know stare at a camera preach your heart out pretend that there's people on the other side so i suggested hey why don't i just sit across the table from you and you explain it to me tell me the stories preach it at me and i'll interact with you a little bit Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fun and then you know we heard a few few people who really enjoyed it and we said you know what doing that um raises the informality level Uh, I should say lowers the formality level. I don't know. It makes it more informal, which, which sort of invites people into a conversation a little more than simply, you know, listening to a talk or a sermon or a lecture or something like that. And it felt like right now, if we were inviting ourselves into people's living rooms, we should come in as friends, not, um, not lecturers or, um, I would say you know preachers, which we can certainly do, but uh, neither none of the four of us are all that great at um acting at a camera. Mm-hmm. We would much rather talk to a room of people than act at a camera, and so having that other person to interact with just makes it a little more in- informal, a little more friendly, and a little less um, taxing on our acting abilities.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: <laughs> I hope that doesn't come across wrong because it's not like we're acting when we're on stage. I just mean you know, there's the natural rapport that you get with an audience and there's the give and the take and the response and the laughter and like that sense of you're with me that you just don't get from a camera, right? Just
0: off of each other, yeah, definitely. Right, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we've really enjoyed that format. So, okay, my last question, my last Mm. uh, question about the decisions you guys have made why not live stream? A lot of churches. Oh yeah. We did it on Easter and it was amazing. Everybody loved it. So why is that not our norm?
1: Mm -hmm. This is a great question. Uh, A couple of reasons. One, we weren't set up to do it right out of the gate. It took us that month to even be ready to do it for Easter. Right. Um, Two, and you can peek behind the curtain here a little bit. It's not actually live. Nobody's live streams are live. We're all recording them um, ahead of time. I was in a call with uh, 30 different pastors from, um, of churches roughly our size, and they asked us to do a, a, within our denomination, raise your hands if you're actually live on Sunday morning, and two guys raise their hands. Everyone else is like, oh, no, we record on Thursday or Friday. Cut it all together. And we did that for Easter. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just, you just don't know. Um, they kept saying Murphy lives in live stream." And you don't know if it's gonna go down or go bad, and you don't have a, a copy or you can't recover it or whatever, so we recorded it all ahead of time too That was a pretty herculean effort uh for our team to to do, mm-hmm. which it it doesn't sound like it should because you know we do live services every every week. We do two live services every week, but yeah, doing it to an empty room, doing it with cameras, doing it with extra tech stuff, doing it with all you know your team and all of that just uh it, it, it was a pretty big technological hurdle. Yeah. There's also some theological reasons behind it too. And, um, without getting too far into the weeds, I, I, I am afraid that some of it, though I said earlier that like quarantine is teaching us that the church is the people, the community, we may come away from this accidentally believing that that a Sunday morning or whenever the church gathers, you know, a Sunday morning, a Saturday night or whatever that like worship is the equivalent of three music videos and a poorly produced Ted talk. And church is, church is, and the services of a church are uh, embodied in a way that a concert or a TED talk or a symposium or a lecture or or some of those other things cannot be. There are physical aspects to our worship that cannot be duplicated uh, over the internet or over a live stream. Now we're doing our best uh, right now to, to get towards a semblance of that church and that sense of the gathering of the people of God. But I think we also should recognize that what we're doing right now isn't ideal church. You know, it's not like, well, if you can get there, great, but otherwise I'll just catch the podcast. That's not, that's not church Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's not what uh, God designed for us to, to be part of together physically as, as a locally gathered community of, of believers. So there's that side of it too. And then there's just the, the opportunity. We didn't want to miss the chance for, uh, for for people to lead worship themselves, for people to pull out guitars they hadn't played in a while, for moms and dads to teach their kids how to sing along with them, um, for friends to gather with friends over Zoom and worship together. We we didn't want to miss the chance for people to take a step to not go all the way to like, you know, but just take a step from passive worship consumption to more active worship leading
0: right
1: right that's a big spectrum of course you know some of us are in the place where we just if we can get there on sunday morning like that's all we have in us and that's great um but during this quarantine time like we've got to we we recognize we had the opportunity to help people take a, a little bit of a step from just pressing play on a church service to kind of doing some of the readings, doing some of the prayer, uh, sort of seeing how the flow of a service goes together, leading one another in prayer, um, reading scripture, things like that. So,
0: and on that note, I think, wow, what a timely thing that we did that previous sermon series on our worship service and our our service order. (laughs) So when we talk about a call to worship or we talk about a prayer of confession and all these things, and now people are seeing them in their service order, I think there's a connection there. Yes.
1: I don't think we could have come up with a better way to illustrate that sermon series than <laughs> forcing everyone to run their own services at home.
0: Yeah. it's awesome. So Joey, um, this is the hardest thing for you. To, I mean, to maybe be succinct um, because I <laughs> don't want to go forever though. I know we could, um, but man, let's just talk about our mission for a little bit. Our yeah. Has not changed. No, I no say the wording has changed slightly over the last few months a few people oh yeah like yeah that.
1: yeah so why don't we so, just talk
0: about that talk about what is mission what does it look like for someone in our church to be on mission right mm-hmm. now from their homes
1: man so informed winsome ambassadors for christ right like that's the mission the mission has not changed we we feel god is calling us to be informed and winsome ambassadors for Jesus, to a secular culture that's right around us. Um, Winsome, man, we've got some opportunities right now. Now, uh, people may remember, we've talked about four values, four core values at faith. uh, Since we did some strategic visioning process, you know, it feels like six or eight years ago now. And those those, uh, four core values came down to being God-centered, focused on thoughtful biblical teaching. We love cross-cultural ministry, and everyone serves at faith. Right, those were the big four, and even recently, before all of this quarantine stuff happened, we were starting. We were trying to figure out how do we say those really succinctly, and we came up with just um, worship, serve, grow, and go. Mm -hmm. Worship, serve, grow, and go. And and I could go into more detail with those. I love how they they complement our what we say a a disciple is a, a people who live life with God for the world. Life with God, grow, worship for the world serve go right yeah those things it just it fits together so well so uh worship serve grow and go how do we worship right now well i talked about it just a moment ago of like moving from passive worship consumption to active worship leading whether we're leading ourselves leading our families leading friends in our homes over zoom whatever it's like we are going deeper in our own participation in worship right uh, growing. We are taking our, um, our, our sermons more into this direction of, okay, how do, we, how do we thrive during coronavirus, but also how do we focus on and, and bring back some of these concepts we've talked about in the past that are, are things that are unique about our identity in Christ, you know, that, that being a child of God gives us a sense of uh, security that coronavirus can't take away. Right. It gives us uh, a sense of peace, the kind of um, the kind of peace that doesn't have to give into the despair and anxiety that's all around us. Right. It gives us the ability to be neighbors, good neighbors to the people who live right around us or work right around us without without self-centeredness. In other words, we, we're not good neighbors so that people will be good neighbors back to us. Like, because Christ fills us with his love, we can give that love freely without expecting in return. And I mean, also we know our ultimate destination and we know who's ultimately in charge. So coronavirus cannot take away our our ability to face even death without despair, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we, we've got opportunities to grow, you know, in and, and our current sermon series, Life in the Spirit, is about how, like, right now, we planned this a year ago, but right now we're in the situation where we're learning, like, maybe we're not as fruitful as we thought we were, because we'd engineered our lives to not need to be as patient or as self-controlled or as joyful. Uh, but now, like, that's being put to the test. We got, we, we're we finding out what we're made of in this. Mm-hmm. So opportunities to grow. Um, and th- then to serve and to go, right? To serve, we get to serve you serve where you are. And right now we're stuck in our houses and there's like the eight people right around us, the eight houses right around us. That those are the people we get to serve uh, over our back fences, across the road, next door to us on both sides. Um, and I, you know, who we are because of our relationship with Jesus creates a sense, uh, I love using the word shalom for it. It just creates this biosphere of shalom or a bubble of shalom right around our homes and what if we loved and served our neighbors in a way that 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 sphere just expanded mm-hmm. to incorporate the people around us that that the people around us saw in us a response to this virus that was so different because while we can be uh, disconcerted and sort of thrown off kilter we, we, we don't have to be despairing um that though we can be facing the loss of jobs and income and security, we can still be secure in the love that God has for us. Um, and I could keep going, but I, I'm trying to be succinct, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, you are being, actually, you are being succinct, I guess. It's difficult to do in under five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? And, well, the last one was, uh, was go. Worship, serve, grow, and go. Yeah. And go, we can't go internationally, we can't go cross-culturally, but we can go to the least of these that are around us. Um, as far as I can tell, even even though um, we continue to have stay-at-home orders, like bringing necessary, like life necessary relief to people around us is, you can, you can leave your house for that. Mm-hmm. So we can do things like the food pantry that happened at Faith recently, or with Faith and Church of the Crossing and, uh, Nora Elementary and and all that. We can do things like that. We can support our our local partners like Shepherd Community Center uh, or like Life Centers by dropping off diapers um, or Wheeler Mission or Good News Club. Like yep. we we need to see the the people around us that we have served uh, for so long who now are facing incredible needs and uh, and and step up and meet those needs. So worship, serve, grow and go. I mean our mission, our values, how we. Who we are and how we do church, how we do this, this life with God for the world stays the same, uh, but the situation we're in creates like sharper uh, opportunities yeah. than we've seen in the recent past.
0: Mm-hmm. And can I just add, if people are curious about what yes. they could do exactly, we have everything listed on our website. You just have to go to faithchurchindy.com slash serve and -hmm. you will find quite a few opportunities listed i encourage you to just pick one you know um with all of our body or with the whole body um we should be able to meet all of the needs that we have so just pick one way for you and your family to serve or maybe you and your community group to do and some are riskier possibly than others and so just depending on your level of comfort and Mm -hmm. your um, level of health Choose something that makes sense for you.
1: I know, right? Like I'm telling Jeff, he should do everything because now that he's had this thing, he's like Superman. He can go anywhere, he can do anything. He's fine. So
0: are we positive about this?
1: Um <laughs> y- you know what? Consult your physician. We are not trained medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as sound medical advice.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, okay, so Joey, back to just having a conversation with you as a friend.
1: So, pass your hat off.
0: Yes, please. Thank you. He literally just took his hat off. Um, I'm putting it back on, though, because my hair looks. <laughs> so, it's quarantine, y'all. As a friend. Um, yeah. What would you share with a friend as your final nugget, a takeaway, something you've been learning, something that's been difficult? Someone just asked you, what would you mm-hmm. say?
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, you know, if we were sitting around the fire pit and just talking, I think I would say don't miss the small moments like there's big stuff happening in the world right now and we will remember that and the big stuff will end up in textbooks later and it'll be studied by you know we're gonna start you know 20 years from now we're gonna be like what you weren't even alive when coronavirus happened right Mm -hmm. it'll be stuff that people read about in textbooks don't miss the small moments like I said it earlier, like getting a text message from my daughter wanting to watch Pokemon, like that's what she's going to remember from coronavirus, not the big stuff. Um, She's going to remember and we're going to remember the little things and the little moments that we created even inside of this. So, yeah, I guess I would just say there's a lot of big stuff happening in the world, but the biggest thing in your world right now is the people right around you in your house and don't miss them. Mm
0: -hmm. That's great. Thank you. All right, so Joey, I regret not asking this to Jeff when um, we were recording, but how can we be praying for you and your family?
1: Hmm. Um, pray for good rest. I, I think what one of the things I'm learning, like I have been more recently learning about, and we've been trying to practice a more intentional Sabbath rest, which for us really just means a disconnect from work requirements um plenty of stuff to do around the house and even some intentional time of disconnecting from you know the stuff you have to do around the house and doing fun stuff restful stuff instead but man i am i'm realizing especially if we're gonna go all on in socially draining zoom calls for from monday through friday like we god knew what he was doing when he invented a day of rest Mm -hmm. and um I don't want to get through. This is something Kendra, our children's director, said to me recently. She was like, "I don't want to do so well in quarantine. Like, man, I'm making decisions. I'm going fast. I'm getting stuff done. That I'm useless post quarantine. Mm-hmm. I would rather be at eighty percent during quarantine so that I can be at eighty percent after, than you know, do a hundred and then hit the wall and have nothing." Yeah. So yeah, pray yeah. for us to to rest well. Yes. I think I think that'll be important for our long-term yeah. uh, health and recovery and leadership from this.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joey. Thanks for sitting down with us and taking time to record this. No week. problem.
1: It was fun. Um, thanks.
0: Yeah. Thanks. And we'll hear from you um, from your sermon discussion this coming weekend. So we're looking forward yeah. to it.